Well, I was attempting to mine what's left of my brain cells there, but thank you so much to one of our listeners who reminded me it was Peter Brook that was the Northern Secretary who, well, he literally wiped his career out by singing Oh My Darling, uh, Clementine. Um, all those years ago on The Late Late Show and uh, thank you for that. Somebody else saying The Late Late Show audience number was just idly, idle curiosity. Wait until next Friday. Oh, I see what you mean, yeah. So that's referring to the huge uh, audience and uh, what is it that you think then that uh, he won't have that audience? Is that the point that you're making uh, next time round? Well, we'll, we'll see. Uh, it probably won't peak at those kind of numbers, but uh, it's interesting anyway. Susan O'Donoghue is an established relationship mentor and co-creational psychotherapist and uh, joins me as usual in studio today. Good morning to you, Susan. Good morning, friend. And uh, good to say, any interest in the late, late show? Did you? I have, watched have part it? of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I think he got very emotional. Obviously, it's yeah. it's huge for him. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it was it was all RTE people. You know, that's what my husband that's, keeps telling me. <laughs> that's that's what the crib is. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, it, you know yeah. Largely. So when you see somebody on, sorry, I, I no got get away from one. When you see somebody like Mr. Keelty uh, on live t- TV getting emotional and allowing a whole occasion to get to, as a psychotherapist, what are you making of, of that? Well, I is, is that honest reaction or is it because it's heightened because of the nature of the occasion? Or? And I suppose there's a bit of that in it as well. Only he could tell us, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, you, you know, I, I'd be only presuming what's going on and that's about me, not about him. Yeah. But, um, you know, I would like to think it was an honest reaction. What's very interesting is how people react to it. That's what's, that's what's interesting. Right. Yeah? Because that's about them then. Yeah. Oh, I and see. are they able to hold emotion? How is yes. it for you when someone's emotional in front of you? Yeah, it's inter- it's interesting um, because you see, I'm here. Am I examining my conscience here now? Because my my reaction to him being emotional was, God, I'd hate if that was me now. I'd be. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And for some, it could be, oh my yeah. God, that's so sweet. So and sweet, for others, yeah, it yeah. could be, pull your socks up. Yes, I know. <laughs> you yeah. know, and, but that tells more about oh, hundred, whatever's the going on who for are you. Judging. Yeah. Well, it's what's going on for you is the important. That's where we need to be at. Yeah. yeah. God, I hate all this honesty <laughs> all the time. So, uh, today you're going to talk to us about how we communicate and uh, why it matters. And when I said this to you during the break, you said, yeah, particularly how we communicate with ourselves. Oh, it's top. And that's just what we're after discussing, isn't it? Yeah. Because that communication... He, he communicated to through the TV to us and then what happened was it was how we, we we perceived that or took it on and that's our communication with ourselves. Right. That's the important bit and that was so lovely that you said that this morning because it's exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> it's interesting. And how do we communicate with, with ourselves, Susan? Badly, I suppose you're going to tell well, me. Well, I wouldn't say that but... Um, what I suppose, for me, what it, what it always is, is it's... Well, look, we look at why we communicate, right? Mm. Communication, I suppose, is essentially about three things. Provide an opportunity to get to know ourselves, provide an opportunity to get to know another, and uh, uh, giving another the opportunity to get to know us. That's that's basically what why we communicate, right? And I suppose communication is broke up... Well, they break it down into, like, three different things. This is what they say, right? They say words contribute only 7%. Right. So, oh, yeah, right. which I would agree with. Because so what is it then? Body, body language, tone of yeah, voice? Yeah, yeah, like voice cues are huge, aren't they? How we say something and are we um, are we loud? Is How's our tone of voice, the pitch? Like, are we pausing? Are we being sarcastic? Are we being... Like, we can do so much with even our body language, how we look. 
you know, that looked at kills, you know, they looked at comforts, you know, it, it it's so, and I suppose this came up for me hugely the last couple of weeks with, with different people that I sit with. And, you know, it's that sense of, like, it, that, that was just such a beautiful thing with the Late Late Show because, you know, do we blame him then for being emotional? You know, and that's projecting our stuff onto him. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. we're uncomfortable with it. Yeah. Or, or think it deliberate to sort of bring you in. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know. And how is it that I feel like that? Because that's the important part. Like, he yeah. gave us a lovely opportunity there now to see what's going on inside for us, you know. Because if I'm, like, if, if that kind of brings up something for me, if it brings up a feeling of, ah, would you go on, for God's sake? Do you know mm. that kind of a yeah, sense of yeah. cop yourself on? Like, how is it? Was that how I was spoken to as a child? Right. Was 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 I allowed to show emotion? How is it for me to show emotion? So our reaction to something like that would tell a lot it's, about us. It's amazing, the opportunity. Now, a lot of the times it can be very... It can feel like it's hurting you or it can feel like... But what I call them is emergency feelings. So if we get really strong feelings, say... And for me, always behind the unconscious feeling is fear, yeah? So if something comes up really, really strongly for me, say, like judgment, criticism, hate... Uh, jealousy, um, anger, whatever it is, those feelings are emergency feelings, right? So they're coming up loud and clear to let me know there's something going on inside of me. Yes. <laughs> Not out there, yeah? That's triggering me, basically, right? That they're touching into some something, I suppose, sore in me, something, some hurt that's in me, yeah? Because they couldn't, they couldn't get a reaction from me if uh, it wasn't in there already. Do you know? Yeah. And like you'll have, you could have 20 people who watched the Late Late Show the other night, right? Five of them might say, oh my God, that was so nice. And yeah, he is sincere. And then you'll have other ones. They'll all have different feelings around it. So how is that? That's from their own experience. Yes, of course it? it is. It's from their own story. And we can only act out of our story. So uh, for me always, like when I sit with people, my first thing is, let's see how we can sit with this and let's see what's going on, what's underneath the feeling, because it's important to find out how is it that I feel the way I feel? How is it that I react like that? How is it that I can't sit with somebody being emotional on the telly? Can I sit with myself being emotional? Yeah. Do I push it all down? Do you know, I remember years and years ago, a great friend of mine who, who was passed away and he was talking to me, and, and, and I can picture it as if it were just moments ago. He was speaking to me in my living room and he was telling me something very, very personal about himself. In the process of which, Susan, he started to cry. Mm-hmm. And I didn't say or do anything only because I was paralysed and didn't know what to say. But afterwards, he complimented me and saying, you did exactly the right thing. I needed that that time and that moment to express my, my emotions. Yeah. But it wasn't that I was deliberately doing anything very good. I just didn't know what to say. Yeah, but your listening is is the top thing in communication. Listening to another and listening to ourselves. That's, 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 that's communication at its finest. Like, for a lot of us, like, we're awkward sitting with pain or hurt or, you know, somebody else's yeah. pain or hurt. It can, it can really, you know, because maybe as children we weren't allowed to express our hurt and our pain. How was it for you to cry when you were small. That that brings were, up a lot. Were you allowed to do so? Were that, you? That's like, how is it that I'm uncomfortable with that feeling, but I'm okay with people being happy and singing and being joyful? 
Like they're all feelings. There's no such thing as a bad feeling. Feelings are created by us and for us and they're there to serve a purpose. So we have emergency feelings, which are all the real strong ones that people would say are bad feelings, but I don't. that even makes me cringe saying it. And then we have, we have all the lovely feelings, yeah? Mm. And like what's the difference, like feelings are for us and about us. We create them, right? So they cannot be about anybody else. They're coming from us. Yeah. So it's always our business to be back in here thinking, what's coming up for me now? What is this person triggering, if you want to use that word? Or what is this person touching into? I prefer that way of saying it. Touching into what hurt are they touching into now? You know, how is it that I'm reacting like this to that person's behaviour? Yeah, because not everybody would react to whatever that person does right here, right now. There's only certain mm. people who will react and we'll all react in different ways because we're all unique individuals who make our own I mean, we're geniuses, right? I, I, mm. I just get goosebumps thinking about how, how amazing we are. because how we, we cope, really, I oh, yeah. I mean, how we survive this world. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it blows me away. And I think I'm so privileged to sit with people because just even to hear the stories that they tell me about how they're after surviving what they survived and come out the other end of it. And now they're seeking to explore it. Like, to understand it is key, yeah? Mm. We're never going... I, I, I don't know. I suppose there's some people would... I don't know. I, I've, I've only met one person who said, maybe you can get to full consciousness by the time you kick the bucket. I don't know. I, don't, I wouldn't feel it's possible. I think we're always... That's the goal, mm. yeah? To go inwards and not outwards. So blame and all that. If you want to talk about living from the outside in, it's when we blame, when we criticise, when we judge, when we feel superior, which is a real, you know... It's it's very it, that's a hard one, isn't it? When somebody looks down on you, um, all those kind of real harsh feelings, like there are ways in to look at how is it that I feel that way, and generally it's all driven by fear. Like when you see somebody who who has this superior complex to you and is always putting you down, right? When they're saying to you, "Oh sure, what sure that's you did that wrong, sure that's no good, sure couldn't you have done that?" But you know this kind of, and they're always knocking you. There's a fear in them. Yeah, that they're not good enough. There's something triggering that because if I'm in a good space, right, and if I if I'm conscious around my own behaviour, I would never try and put someone else down. There would be no need because I'd know that I'm good enough and I know that I'm worthy enough and I know that person is as well because I have it for myself, mm. so now I have it for someone else. But if somebody behaves like that towards me, then I'm naturally going to get you know, argumentative yeah. and, and resentful and, and hate them and stuff. Are you saying to me that we need to see even the bullies tr try and see past that? Is well, that... I think it's not It's not that the behaviour is okay. Yes, yeah? Yeah. There needs to be boundaries around all behaviour. It's right. not that we can say, oh yeah, knock me away there, I'm grand. You know what I mean? We need to be putting boundaries in place for ourselves. We need to be asserting ourselves so that we can say to them, this behaviour is not okay and then we need to do whatever we need to do around it to take care of ourselves in that, right? And for children, that's what adults need to be doing for the children, right? And there needs to be consequences for behaviour. You know, you can't just go out and treat somebody badly with no consequence. Mm, mm. And the consequence is, is I have my boundary here. You're not going to come into my space. I always think of it like there's a loop around me mm. and these are my boundaries. I set them. And once you step inside my boundaries, then I need to assert myself and take care of my needs, yeah, it's not my job to take care of anybody else's needs. It's my job to take care of my own needs. Yeah, it's their job to take care of their needs. And a lot of times what we do is we become enmeshed with other people. Mm. Yeah, so therefore what happens is 
like, you know, we'll be the carers and we'll do everything for everybody else or we'll be the takers, yeah? And mm. we'll take everything mm. from everybody else. And, like, like when you care for somebody to the extent you you disable them. Do you know what I mean? You don't give them the opportunity to grow and do their own stuff. And when you just take all the time, sure, there's, as, there's as much joy in giving as there is in taking. So we need a nice balance of both. So I think it's, we all need each other. Yeah, we're mm. all, we all like to be around each other. So I think it's about being solid in ourselves and not getting enmeshed with other people in their behaviours. And we started out talking about communication. Yeah, I mean, what, what, what is ideal? I'm not, I mean, there's it's nothing wrong with going off. Of course yeah, it is, yeah. yes. But what is ideal with communication? I mean, if honesty is part of communication, for example, we could be very harsh some of the time. You know, well, I, and sometimes we, we, we pull back on that or we're, you know, maybe yeah. we don't express how we really feel. Um, but when honesty is there, see, if you speak from an eye place, right, but I think what you're talking about, Fran, is if I say, you're really driving me, cracked. Yeah. Yeah? Right? yeah. If you say something like that. But if I talk from an eye place, if I own my own, take responsibility and own what I'm, what I'm feeling, if I say, I really feel upset now. You know, when I heard you say that, I really felt upset. Mm. Now I'm owning it. I'm not saying it's your fault I'm upset. Yes, I'm upset. Yeah, yes, okay. I'm upset. So now I'm owning what's coming up for me. But there's a whole different thing when I project my stuff onto you and I don't take responsibility for it. When I say, do you know you drive me nuts? You're always doing that. Now I'm back into the criticism and, and the blame. judgment and the blame yes, and the shame yeah, and yeah. the put you down. And So, like, that's where I want to come back to. And how is it now that I'm gone out there again? How was it for me growing up? You know, because for all of us, you know, everybody has bags. I've never met anyone yet who doesn't. Maybe there's one out there. Please come and tell me about it because I've never met anyone yet. So I think it's about unloading our bags as we go and not not to load them onto anybody else, to take responsibility. And that's to be responsible, you know, to be able to respond to mm. people. So when somebody comes at me and they're full on or they're, you know, they're timid. Timid is the opposite of being full on. Yeah. And like there's a great power in t being timid as well. Because if I am, people won't, you know, I'll go, oh, my God, please, please. And people won't come at me too hard then. So, do you know what I mean? It's just two different sides of the coin, you know. So, like, there's great power in um, what we do, I think. And I think uh, the key for me is listening. And it's listening to ourselves, number one, so that we're in a place to be able to listen to another. And, like, what was lovely was you could describe when you sat with that friend, you know, like, you knew that you were uncomfortable. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but that's lovely because that was listening to yourself, yeah. you know? And the deeper thing is then, how is it that I was so uncomfortable? That's that's what I'm saying. They're the deeper layers. But do you know the question that really occurred to me after that experience, Susan, was if it was a woman, I think mm. I would have dealt with it better. I would say... I would say in our society, our culture, you know, as opposed to two men sitting yeah. down together. See, men, I suppose, they're brought up, you know, little boys don't cry. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's all that kind of sense of, and girls aren't strong. You know what I mean? Like they're two, aren't they? They yeah. take like there's feminine and masculine, masculine qualities, right? And actually, one of my sons had an argument with this about me, and he's right in the in the sense that feminine sounds like you know female, and masculine sounds like male. But I would say that feminine and masculine are not anything to do with, with masculine and, and feminine qualities. What a man needs and what a woman needs is an equal share of both, right? Yes, Men need to, to be whole. To be whole, yes, yeah? yeah. Not to be... But see, when you get the corners knocked off, you're grown up, yeah? 
when you're t- told that you shouldn't be aggressive when you're when you're a girl, but you're okay to be aggressive, but not to be emotional when you're a boy. Yeah, you get the corners knocked off you, don't you? Fairly lively. And if it's not knocked off you at home, it's knocked off you in school, or it's knocked off you when you go playing sports, or it's knocked off you. You know. So I think. Now that we're adults, most mm. of us, right? Now is the time when you're over 18, you're responsible for yourself. Please, please, please find the safety, you know, with somebody else that you can explore all this, that you can have a look at it and see where am I in all this? You know, uh, for a lot of people, I suppose, they come to me in the last, well, always, but, you know, they'd say stuff like, um, not repeating that anyone says, but mm. just stuff yeah, like, they'd say stuff like, um, you know, uh, oh, she drives me cracked. She's always at me, that one. You know, that kind mm. of sensor. Mm. Oh, I can't believe they did that to me. Or otherwise they go, it was my fault. You know, they'll take on somebody else's stuff. So that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like, you know, and I suppose for people, they say to me, how can I do it? How can I do it? And I suppose it's listening to yourself. It's saying, oh God, that that was very uncomfortable for me. You know, what what's going on here? And I know that... Um, for a lot of men, when you talk about feelings, mm, right? Mm. You know, it doesn't, it's not, they're kind of going, oh, hang on now a minute, do you know what I mean? What are you at? But like, I think it's so important that men are allowed to be emotional. I think little boys, men, mm. and that girls are allowed to be And is that strong. changing any, do you think? Because we hear think about it, it changing. Bit, do you think small so? bit, okay, Yeah, because good. I'd work with a lot of um, younger people too, like, you know, from 16 up, and I would say that it is, yeah, thankfully, you know, mm. um, you know, I don't think they're afraid of hugging as much anymore, young, mm, you know, young mm. boys. And, you know, because years ago, like if you got a hug, you know, someone had died, maybe, you know, you know a kiss going to bed was, a, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, that kind of sense of there's an equalness, isn't there? And we all should be entitled to express our emotions equally. There shouldn't be a limit just because I'm male or female. Of course not. And to sort of link up with conversations that we had earlier on, and I know you managed to hear a little of the conversation around Ashari with Sarah and with, with Jerry. the notion of addiction as well, Sarah, I mean, is that response to, trauma. is it a response to trauma and to difficulty? Can be, and, yeah. And yeah, I would say that um, I was listening to Sarah and Jerry and it was lovely to hear them talk about trauma and form, yeah. right? Because that's what they're calling it now, right? And I suppose... Uh, we repress feelings and they don't just disappear just because we're told not to feel them, you know. Yes. And for little boys, you I'm sure you got told, come on now, pull up your socks, don't be crying. And girls get that as well. But I think boys got it on a more intense mm. level years yeah. ago. And girls might be told, oh, you can't be saying that. Little girls don't say that. Do you know mm. what I'm saying? So this kind of sense of... So we learn very early in life to repress stuff, right? And when we repress stuff, we push it down. Mm. Yeah, that's where depression comes from. That's where, you know, it's pressed down. We're pressing it down. We're not allowed to express what's going on for us inside. And I suppose, I can't even say it now. When we suppress things, um, I suppose, you know, it's kind of like all this stuff is buried now. It's still there. It's rumbling, but it's under the surface, right? So we're going to, I suppose, come out some way with it. So stuff like alcohol might suit it, mm. you know, cigarettes. I suppose you hear people being addicted to work, addicted mm. to food, addicted. So we take on these roles, right? Because then we kind of half fit in, yeah? Then, like, we're not allowed to express what's going on for us. But if I take on the role of a carer, I take on the role, and then with alcohol, it soothes it a bit. You know what I mean? It takes away the deep hurt and the deep pain and drugs as well, because drugs is huge. And I heard, you know, uh, Sarah and Jerry mm. talking about them and they are huge. And I suppose it's about, 
you know, being able to express what's going on for inside inside of mm. us. That's the main deal. Back, back to say. communication, of course. Yeah, again. It's, commu- it's all communication. Again, all of the time, Always, yeah. yeah. I heard a podcast with the author, Sebastian Fawkes, I think you pronounce his name, and I found it most interesting because it was really a case of he protests too much. He was talking about his idyllic um, a childhood, yes. that absolute idyllic, and he described it as such in the English countryside and all of this. And then I could hear about his conversations about who, how he dealt with his time in Cambridge and how he was. It couldn't have been idyllic. Yeah. <laughs> really I've yet to meet someone who had one. <laughs> it really couldn't, because yeah. I mean, everything he described was sort of him trying to prove something to somebody, and you know. Yeah. Yeah, and um, like I think now that's, he's a wonderful author, yeah. by the way, and uh, I'm sure maybe his difficulties play into his talent, but yeah. like it was. But know. it's a very creative, yes. genius way of surviving by saying that I had an idyllic childhood. Yeah, like when you think of the genius of it, like if I do that now, because the people who were there to who were my my lifeblood say these people are going to mind me, they're going to take care of me, they're going to feed me, they're going to do everything for me. If I see them as not being capable. Where does that leave me as a child? Yeah. So I'd rather say that it's my fault. Yeah. Or that blame someone else. Yeah. Project mm. it onto someone else. Because if I if I take on that they're not capable of giving me what I need. Sure, I'm in deep trouble, aren't I, as a child? Yeah. Do you know, every time we speak, I feel I should be paying you. <laughs> <laughs> if, pe- if people want to talk to you, Susan, how can they do that? Sure, my phone number is 0863676256 and it's emotionalwellbeing.ie. All right, great to see you again, Susan. Thanks, thanks, thanks very much. And we'll take a break. Back with more in just a moment. Join the conversation in Tipperary. Contact us through Facebook, Twitter or email tiptoday at tipfm.com. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. 